the Bodega Board Food Podcast, Volume 73, and this is a welcome back episode because I've been gone for about six months. Well, not gone literally, but gone from podcasting, that kind of thing. I've uh, been working on a lot of stuff, but we'll get into that after we do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com, where we have merch releases. We have links to videos that we're working on. We have all kinds of stuff, so please visit the website when you have some time. There's links in the Instagram profile if you want. Also, make sure to check out this full episode description on your iTunes player or whatever player you choose for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. So yes, we're back. I'm back. That kind of thing. I've been working on a lot of stuff and that's been taking up a lot of time. As you know, we just launched our live streaming show on Vans Channel 66. Thank you to Justin, Jasmine, Ross, the whole crew at Vans for setting that up. And that will be a monthly show that... We're doing with Worm, and our next episode is on June 25th with Grant Noble, 10 a.m. PST. Make sure to go to Vans Channel 66. You can find the link on uh, their Instagram profile. And I've been spending a lot of time working on that, and that took a couple of months. And um, some product projects that I'm working with, uh, some stores in Japan that carry our stuff. As you know, Japan is a big audience for us, and so a lot of exclusives there. Some new stuff we're working on here, some collabs, um, a bunch of stuff. So, you know, it's not that I've been gone and gone to sleep or anything like that. Um, I've been around. I've been surfing a lot and working on Bodega Border Crew, but not so much on the, on the podcast. And another reason is I really struggled during COVID to work on the podcast because part of this podcast is really conversational and trying to do it via Zoom and in safe conditions has been a challenge to say the least and I don't think I get the same product and same conversation so now that things have calmed down I'm able to actually talk to people in person without a mask chill out we could have a good time you know and that's something that's a hallmark of this website uh, sorry of this podcast and has been for 70 something episodes is where it's very conversational so that and also just reevaluating how we want to do the podcast and the format. So as you notice on this episode, the format is very similar, but we've added some things. Uh, one thing is that Worm will be a constant on the podcast with a segment that we're going to do her knowledge base uh, that was inspired by our Wednesdays with Worm that a lot of you guys tuned into. And um, just how the thing is organized and how we're going to be publishing. We're hoping to publish every two weeks moving forward, uh, stacking some interviews to make that happen. But let's talk about this episode. On this episode, we have none other than San Diego's own Jen Smith. Jen Smith, former uh, world champ, world longboard champion, chef, skater, amazing person. I'm so glad I got to sit down with her because we've been working on this for a while. Uh, our second segment is a new segment that's going to be on here every episode, which is uh, a little chat with Worm. And this one we talk about style in surfing, where it comes from, how you develop it, is it important or not. Obviously, you know my feelings already. Uh, we also have some short takes as usual. And the short takes this episode are uh, A Week in Malibu, that whole series that Grant Hilling does. Uh, we talk about the latest episode, episode four. A uh, video featuring Grant Noble uh, made by Robots for Vans called uh, Kalo K, which is pretty cool. And Thumb from our homies uh, Current up in Rhode Island. So, yeah, that's what we're going to have this episode. Now, in terms of tracks, because we've been away for a little while, I think we're going back to our roots, to some of the roots of my favorite hip-hop. 
hopefully your favorite hip-hop. So stay tuned for the ride, and we'll be back in a little bit with the interview. Peace!
Dev Lover gave it the first light. A grin shows a trick up a sleeve. <laughs> what a tangle web they weave. Deceive is stupefied through fable. Say, let's make a deal at the dinner table. Put you on tour, put your record on wax. Trust me! Sign your life on the X. Your exit X over. Watch you really get a box of new ports and Puma sweat. Damn. Text feeds and frowns upon Emis to give a gas face drinks from a thermos. Sub rock could at you with a clipper. Gas face giving. I beg to differ. Pete, that was real tough, man, but I gotta get serious now. Hey, yo, Don, step to him again. Everybody, MC Search. Black cat is bad luck. Bad guys with black. Must have been a white guy who started all that. Make the gas face. For those little white lies. My expression to the mountainous blue eyes dip on my face and shake my skull cap. Dismiss the myth that evil is not black but opposite spectrum. This done by red man with horns on his head. Don't speak of bleach, bend them to right Say it was night, way before the light Put aside spook, search leaves a trace Of setup correct with the effect of the gas face Next up, Don A special appearance by KMD's Sev Love X A gas face, can either be a smile or a smirk When a pair's a monkey wrench to work once clockwork Perking his grip to the rim of my cup Don't tempt me, you're empty To fill her up as I'm talking cornfield Another gas face victim. That is your fellas, man. Why you step back? The meaning of this word, without no doubt, means nobody wanna beat that one you're down and out. Now when you're established and got a lot of money, everybody wanna be your buddy and honey. Like tall builders, they call skyscrapers. And you feel it. Nothing can save ya, but this is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what I'm gonna do is tell you how they spread it throughout my crew. Well, you all know T.J. Swan, who sang on my records. Make the music, nobody beats the biz, well, check it. Back in the days before this began, he used to try to talk to this girl named Fran. The type of female with fly Gucci wear, with big truck jewelry and extensions in her hair. When Swan tried to kick it, she always best talking about, baby, please, you work for UPS. He wasn't no type of big drug dealer. My man TJ Swarm didn't appeal to her. But now he trucks gold and wear fly belly boots. Rough leather fashion and tough silk suits. Now she stopped fronting and wants to speak and be coming to all the shows every single weekend. To get his people number, she be begging, please. Dying for the day to get skis. She caught the papers. She caught the papers. That's calm and plain. He goes by the name of the Big Daddy Kane. The mellow type of fellow that's laid back. Back in the days, he was nothing like that. I remember one he used to fight every day. Was
judge Cronus would tell him he would never obey. He wore his pants hanging down and his sneakers untied and a Raza type Kango tilted to the side. Around his neighborhood, people treated him bad. He said he was the worst thing his mom's ever had. He said he would grow up to be nothing but a hoodlum or either in jail or someone would shoot him. But now he's grown up to play a surprise. Big Daddy got a hit record selling worldwide. Now the same people that didn't like him as a job saying, can I borrow a dollar? Ooh, you're a star now. They caught the vapors. They caught the bagels. They caught the bagels. They caught the bagels. Now I got a cousin by the name of Bon Lee. Better known to y'all as Kamasa Cool V. He cut scratch transforms with finesse. And all that mess. I remember when he first started to rock and try to get this job at a record shop. He was in it to win it, but the boss fronted said, Sorry, Mr. Lee, but this don't help on it. Now my cuts born, still try on and on and on to the like break the dawn. To get this JLP in the back, then it look right past him and be like, Next! Now for the year of eight to eight, Cool B is making dollars, so my cousin's like straight. He walked into the same record shop up before, and the boss be like, Born, welcome to my store. Offering him a jaw, but now nah, he don't want it. Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Cause I remember one, at first they wasn't. Now nah, guess what they caught from my cousin? The vapor. They drove away, but he didn't stay. He jumped in the cabin, he paid. 
friend. Non-cooperation will be your end. He jumped in the car, and while they rode, they ran down the list of things he owed. They said, you owe us some money, you owe us some product, because you could be right in the river tied up. He thought for a second, and he said, what is this? You want me to pay you to stay in business? They said, that's right, or you go to prison, because nobody out there is really going to listen to a hood. So he said, good, I'll pay you off for the whole neighborhood, because cocaine business controls America. Gunja business controls America. KRS-One comes to start some hysteria. Illegal business controls America. Anyway, the 
shun this one, bring forth the fun, no hatred, the summer's almost done, no time for sleep, jump in your jeep and pump up the funky beat, a holy, fever goes off, yo smash it, then trash it, you're too young to be plumped in a casket, just get your boys and bring the noise and just swing it, and party people, sing it. Coming back to 1990, Chub Rock jumps upon the scene with a lane and a hardcore dream. The dream wasn't crafted to be pornographic. Decency started from the crib plus kids. Don't need to hear all of that on a rap. The strength of my vibe placed Chubbs on the map because authority, seniority goes far me. My staff gives autograph plus gives enough laughs. Reap my might, heed my sight. I definitely lead your right to treat me right. Peace. Everybody, welcome back to Volume 73 of the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. 
Let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.com, to buy some stuff. That's how you can ultimately support this podcast and what we do is by buying shirts, zines, board bags, fins, whatever it may be. Buy that stuff. I would never set up a Patreon. I would never set up some donation thing. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in a subscription model as of yet. And I think the best way to support us is by getting our merch and spreading the word and that kind of thing. Uh, But on this episode, I want to talk to you about our interview, which is none other than Jen Smith. Jen Smith, uh, two-time longboard champion, uh, very well known on the contest circuit, but also just, you know, really interesting surfer, surfing a lot of interesting craft. I love her style. I love what she brings to the surfing as a personality, and I think we need more of it. So without further ado, here's a little interview we did in Sano, and I hope you like it. Um, so what's your name and where are you from? Uh, my name is Jen Smith, and I'm from Pacific Beach in San Diego, California. So born and raised. And how did you first get into surfing? Like, uh, what was your first surf experience? My first, I, I don't know my first surf experience. I just know that um, I got into surfing because of my dad. Like, uh-huh. my first memories of surfing are just using his boards in the white water while he was surfing on the outside, you know? And then, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time surfing with my dad when I was a kid. And so, you're, is your dad from San Diego originally? He is, yeah. Okay. And so, your dad introduced you to surfing. What age did you get into longboarding? I think I really got into longboarding when I was like nine because uh-huh. um, I grew up surfing in PB and it's pretty soft and gutless yeah. there, you know? And So you were talking about your mom and... Oh yeah. So when we were kids, we were pretty sheltered and the only surf movies that my mom would let us watch, this was probably in the 90s, were the old like 60s longboard movies because oh, all, really? in the 90s all the surf movies were like boobs and butts and yeah, yeah, just yeah. like hardcore shredding and then there was always like all these butt shots and my mom was like so anti that um well that's good i well, mean hey i think that's actually smart it's cool though so the result of that was that like my favorite movies that i would watch surf movies were like the endless summer surfing holidays walk on the wet side classics classic so that was like those were the the movies that I watched that got me stoked on surfing Uh so I think that naturally kind of like pulled me towards longboarding that makes sense I mean that's like a great intro too it's like it's like the more classic stuff versus like even like so in the 90s like you know Thomas and all that kind of stuff no random stuff that was popping up like being intro to it in that way I think is a lot better yeah and um you started competing at an early age right yeah, I did my first contest when I was like nine. <laughs> or no, I was ten. Yeah, I was ten. <laughs> like, how long were you surfing? Like, a couple of years? A couple of years. I started surfing when I was like seven. I think that's okay. when I really got like fired up on it. And then, yeah, my first contest was when I was ten. And But it's funny though, because at that time, I was surfing with like Samantha Roper and JoJo Roper, because uh-huh. they were always surfing Crystal Pier. Uh-huh. And at that time, I did my first contest, and those guys had already been like, doing all the little local contests with Joe since they were like five so it's kind of funny like at that point yeah they were like surf contest veterans and I was just like trying to figure it out you know 
pretty funny. But what were some of the other people that like at that age that you saw surfing? Like at uh, the contest? Well, <laughs> at contests? Yeah. I mean, everyone. Like there was JoJo, Sam, the DuPont brothers. A lot of people that have kind of like come and gone, but I mean, my influence when I was growing up surfing was pretty rad because my dad had his skateboard store on Fells Bar uh-huh. in PEB and Skip Fry's shop was literally in the same building. Oh shit. So Skip would be, you know, checking the surf from on top of his building every day and, <laughs> and I would surf Crystal Pier with, you know, Skip, Joe Roper, Jojo oh Roper, Sam Roper, Josh Hall. You know, that's just that was just who we grew up, you know, riding. You couldn't pay with. for a better experience, like, like no. The, no, it's like yeah, <laughs> you're like yeah, I kind of scored. You know, it it wasn't like I had to like seek this out. It uh-huh. was just how it was, where I was in life. You know, it was kind of cool. In hindsight, do you do you have more of an appreciation for that? Like, I mean, I must. Yeah, I mean, Skip's always been one of my favorite surfers, and so my dad's always been one of my favorites, and. And Big Joe was, when I was younger, was one of my favorite surfers because right. he was so gnarly. Um, but yeah, I think looking back, having that be my first impression of surfing and that was like the first, like, your little crew in the water, you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I guess I'm pretty lucky to, no, you are. to have grown up like that. Yeah. Um, and on the competitive end, so like you did your first contest when you were young. And was contest something at that point that you were like stoked, like super stoked on and like wanted to keep doing? Or was it just like the nature of like what surfing was at the time? Um, contest for me, when I did the first contest, I remember I got, I made the final and I got last place in the final, uh-huh. which was sixth. And something about that, I, I've always been kind of competitive. Uh-huh. I was just like, I want to win, yeah. you know, because I was like, oh, well, I was surprised that I made the final because I had never done a contest. I didn't know what to expect. No, first time out, getting to the final, that's pretty dope. And then I made the final, and then I was like, oh, it's on, you know? Yeah. So as a kid, I was always waiting for summer because that's when all the contests were, like in September or October. Uh-huh. And there was a few around town, and yeah, I definitely um, was kind of motivated to do contests because I'm just competitive. and. Surfing was the thing that I loved the most and to be able to do that and be competitive in that for me at the time was awesome. And then you wind up like years later getting on the ASP tour. Yeah. And yeah. so what was that experience like like those early days of that? Well, that was really cool because when I was younger, like when I was a teenager, my whole trip was like I want to be a pro surfer, I want to be a world champ, you know? Okay, so you were that was like you were zoned in on that. Yeah, I kind of was. Like, as a kid, definitely. Because for me, being a pro surfer meant, like, being a competitive surfer. Right. At the time, especially. Well, that was the world that it was, right? Back then, especially. Yeah. Like, it wasn't until I was, you know, maybe, like, 20 or so that, like, Dave Rastovich came out with that movie. What was, like, Blue Horizons or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, um, shoot, who made that movie? Jack, Jack oh, someone. Oh, I don't know who made it. Oh man, forgive me. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> that movie, that that was like the first kind of public movie where it was like, oh yeah, I'm a free surfer. But it's like, yeah, you're like the poster boy for Billabong, but you're not a competitive surfer. Yeah, you haven't been in a, in a heat yeah. in like, how knows, how yeah. long. So before that, it was all, um, you know, 
you want to be a pro surfer, you had to be a competitive surfer. Right. And there was a long time when there was no real platform for competitive longboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in 2006, the ASP um, sanctioned the first women's world longboard title mm-hmm. in Biarritz, France. And so that was cool. Um, that event, I actually, I like emailed Al Hunt because he was the ASP director at that uh-huh. time. And I emailed him. I'm like, Al, I really want to get in this contest. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's almost full, but you can get in, you know. Because there were no rankings. Right, there right. was no way to, like, qualify for it. Yeah, yeah. You just had to, like, you know, I just had to reach out and be like, hey, I really want to do this. Yeah. So I got in. And I went there with, like, no sponsors. I, like, used a little bit of money that I had been given from my grandma. And I was like, well, you know, it's going to go for it. Because I had been, like, kind of striving and sort of chasing this pro surfing dream, like, for so long since I was, you know, young. At that time in 2006, I was kind of over it. I was like, well, you know, I had a sponsor and they dropped me. And then, you know, I was like, well... I had kind of like given up on the idea of being able to be a full-time surfer, uh-huh. but I went to this contest anyways because I was like, shoot, this is first ASP sanctioned event. There's a little bit of it's cash in deal, it. Yeah. Huge, and it was in Biarritz, France, where I'd never been there, and so, but I had friends there. So I was like, I signed up for the contest, went there, and I ended up getting second in the contest, Whoa, which was kind of big. Yeah. Um, and I remember, like, I mean, there were heats during that event where it was a one, you know, a one-off event. Yeah, you know? yeah. Skylar McFerrin won the contest and won the world title. Mm-hmm. And, but there were heats during that contest where I was, like, so close to not making it through a heat. And then I would, like, get a sick wave and scrape through, you know? Yeah. So it's, like, that whole thing was, like, such a make-or-break sort of, you know, that sort of help to guide my life to where it went because uh-huh. you know i made made the final got second and then roxy picked me up like from that contest yeah on the spot i mean they were sponsoring that event and then they must have been you know i was friends with cassia at the time and maybe they were looking for team riders i have no idea but they like picked me up there and then yeah for the next seven years all i did was surf and compete and you know travel the and whole travel thing. that's all I wanted to do and I was like wanted to compete and travel and surf like that was it at the time so you're set and then there's two world titles in there that you won yeah yeah I ended up um, seven, going back in 2007 in France again and won again and then um, I won in 2009 again in France were they um, holding it in in, uh, in France every year? Or? Yeah, they had it um, at the Côte de Basque okay. in Biarritz, France, which is a super fun wave. It's actually kind of similar to like surfing in PB, even the way the beach is set up. Huh. It's like this long beach with a cove at the end. It's really flat bottom. It's just like a fun beach break, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and I think growing up surfing beach breaks that gave me a huge advantage of just having to kind of like make shit happen on a wave when it's like a quick little closeout Mm -hmm. or finding a wave that's not going to close out Mm -hmm. at a beach break is something that you know I'd spend my whole life sort of riding waves like that Mm -hmm. so I think it was a good venue for me yeah I I think people who learn especially longboarding who learn how to surf beach breaks 
like yourself and like Worm and like Grant and like people like that, you guys can kind of like surf anything. Because mm -hmm. you're given like this little like kind of like little <laughs> moment, right? Like you're given this little like one, two second moment. Now obviously the ASP has gone through like, I mean now it's officially the WSL, like that's what it winded up becoming. Yeah. Which is like kind of funny, like rebrand, all this like nonsense, it's basically the same shit. Um, you, you've done a, a, a couple of the WSL contests? Yeah. Yeah, I did a few. So what, after Devin taking over, what's the difference that you saw? Mm, well, when Devin took over, I think they just basically started focusing on more classic surfing mm -hmm. versus power surfing, um, which I kind of like, you know, because, you know, when I was, sur when I, well, the thing is, with the girls, it didn't change the surfing much. Okay. Because for girls, we're not, we're physically not big enough to like ride a longboard like a shortboard. Right. And if you do, it, if you try to, it doesn't look good anyway. No, it looks miserable. So <laughs> for girls, it really didn't change the style of surfing much. I think the best surfer out there is still winning the contest. Yeah. Whoever's in the groove, whoever's sort of in the flow and who's on point during the event is still winning um but for the guys it's really changed stuff because the guys are surfing a lot smoother mm -hmm. you know riding single fins um and just you know not over surfing i think um but really at this point like it's kind of funny i see the contest and i'm i'm not really interested in it okay. either way like i'm just kind of like yeah you know, like, because there was a time where that was my focus, but now it's not. So, you know, I'm stoked for, I'm actually really stoked for the guys and girls who are in it right now. Yeah. Because when I was in it, there wasn't a ton of opportunity and there wasn't a lot of hype for it. Mm -hmm. But I think that Devin has done a really good thing. Um, and I'm stoked that they hired him to do it. Because before there was nobody really focusing on the longboard side of it. Um, so our whole thing was kind of limited, but I think that now they've realized that, you know, a classic smooth longboarding is a little more marketable than the, you know, trying to do an air on your longboard kind of thing. Well, it's also a better entry point in general to surfing, right? In terms of like a consumer thing. Like if you're going to sell the WSL as a product worldwide yeah. to people who don't even surf and they try to surf on a shortboard. And they can't even paddle versus yeah. if they get on longboard, they're like, oh, I could actually catch a wave. Yeah, it's kind of like a little bit more of an entry point to that developing that consumer in a way. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because there's one thing that longboarders and total beginners have in common is that we like flock to these mellow, mm -hmm. small, peeling waves. So definitely as a selling point for surfing, like the majority of people surfing on the planet are not you know they're not, they're not trying to be kelly slater they're no. just trying to have fun so it That's makes why, sense yeah i think i, I talked to Devin about a, a couple times just kind of like how it's a smart move on their point part to like really invest in it now yeah. obviously with COVID, it's like kind of like I know, down. yeah. But you've also done like the duct tapes and stuff which are a totally different experience mm -hmm. right like that's like more of like party fun the duct tape contests are super fun do you think people get competitive in them Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know they do. Yeah. They totally do. They like to say they don't, but there's like... I mean, <laughs> it's still a contest at the end of the day. And, and Joel knows it too. Joel yeah. doesn't really want everyone out there 
just fucking around. Yeah. Like, you gotta kind of, you know, find the best waves, and it's still being judged by regular judges, mm-hmm. especially at Huntington Beach, because, yeah. you know, it's already such a setup. They have real judges, you know, scoring you, and but it is a lot more fun, because you get to do shared waves and yeah. doubles. Like, the doubles waves, I just wish that I could have done a duct tape at a point break, because that's where it's at like because you did the u.s open one. the u.s open yeah, yeah. which is just like a, was they, they basically give you like the worst time to serve yeah it's like blown out <laughs> yeah the beach break <laughs> they're like let them go let them <laughs> we don't care yeah exactly we're a sideshow <laughs> there but i mean it's kind of cool though because like i said contests are not my focus anymore yeah. but when i was younger uh-huh. like one of my main one of my things that i wanted to do i wanted to surf in the u.s open you yeah. know and there was never there was never a contest for the girls there. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, hey, Chief, shut the hell up. And then all of a sudden, I'm over contests and I'm, you know, working full time and doing my thing. And I get invited to surf the duct tape uh-huh. at the U.S. Open, which was pretty cool. Yeah. I was, like, stoked on it. No, I, I was there at that one. I remember, like, how awesome it was. Like, and I was there with, like, my wife and, and daughter. And they were like, dude, they were like, this is dope. I was like... This is hopefully the future. Like, this is how it should be, you know, better representation and that kind of stuff. Totally. And I, and I think, you know, Joel's done a good part of it, and so has Devin. You know, Devin's done a, a great part of it. At a certain point, you just gotta let him go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> you can't control it after a while. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, now, transitioning away from contests, you know, you talk about working full time. What were some of the things that you started, you started cooking? And chefing? Yeah, I started cooking in 2013. Um, I lost a big surfing contract. And, you know, in my mind, I was figured, like, as far as, like, a career goes, I didn't think surfing was going to get any better for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could have been wrong because it seems like there's been a huge shift in, like, industry and all that stuff. But um, at the time, I was like, forget this. I'm going to go learn a trade or skill that I can use the rest of my life, you know? So, um, yeah, actually, Worm hired me. Um, oh, okay. She hired me to work as a pastry cook at the Tasting Kitchen in uh, Venice Beach, so. I didn't realize she worked there because I knew she did, like, mocha and all that stuff. I didn't. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, when I asked her for the job, I thought she was still working at Moza uh-huh. in Costa Mesa. Uh-huh. But when she gave me the address to where of where I needed to go for like my working interview, it was in Venice Beach, and I was like, "Oh, this is a little farther away." And little, <laughs> like, uh... but I mean, the experience that I got there was so rad because I worked in some really nice kitchens, and I've done a lot like pastry, a lot of like pizza, and you know, I've worked in different restaurants. I've done a lot of catering. It's funny, I've cooked a a lot of pizza in my life a lot of wood fire pizza <laughs> which is super fun like cooking in well, it's the funny oven. how big it is in california like me coming from new york like the land of pizza like yeah. like wood fire pizza is like like when we moved here we were like what the fuck this is like everywhere like every fucking corner like, it like is. this is like crazy it's huge and it's fun like yeah i was just to say these are like two of my favorite things like we're like playing with fire and cooking food you know perfect yeah so i've done a lot of that are you still doing that or no? Um, no, not right now. I, I used to do a little bit of private catering. Uh-huh. Um, and But with, like, the pandemic and all that stuff, like, yeah. no one's having parties. So, yeah, they're really, yeah, all my little, like, my side gigs are kind of dry. But um, it's kind of cool because I transitioned into um, running my dad's skateboard store. 
like last year so so let, let's talk about so soul grind is your dad shop yep in in uh still in pb in pb yeah and so when did you start working there well i've worked there on and off like my whole life yeah. you know and um it's funny because i've tried to avoid it like <laughs> pretty solidly because it takes a lot of patience to you know get on people's level when they come in the store and um, I'm more of like a doer, like I like to hands-on do things versus like tell, teach people how to do things. Um, but in the shop, you kind of have to be able to like talk, you know, communicate with people. You have yeah. to be able to talk to them and listen to them. And no matter what they bring in the door that day, you got to be ready to just like kind of take it on. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been working there full time since I think last May or last April or something. Okay. Um, my sister was running it and then her business took off and so um, I just took over for her and how like so I, because I talked to a lot of people in the, the, the manufacturing part of the industry have you guys been able to get enough product in for the people that like need to buy product uh, we've been managing pretty well honestly at the beginning of this thing we made some big moves that set us up to have yeah. product um, just by making orders that were bigger than we were used to making and it was kind of a gamble, but the reality was that, you know, we didn't know it, but things were about to get, like, so busy. Yeah. So there was a time in San Diego where, like, no one had trucks, but we did. Oh, no, no. I, so yeah. it's it's been an interesting, it's, like, been a game all year, like, just trying to get product, you know, going to different sources for stuff, mm -hmm. and then using our, our main sources, and, you know, when stuff's available, you just have to, like kind of hail mary and it's either go big or like don't get stuff you know it's just weird it's weird thing but you know i've never done any of the buying for the shop before okay. this year and so this has been my only experience with it which is an interesting one which I is mean, trippy well like you know <laughs> like my friends over at that shop labor in new york like they were buying trucks off of team riders like people who rode for like Venture and Thunder and they were like, hey, like I know you get six pairs of trucks and you only ride one, like we'll buy them from you because we don't have anything to sell in the shop. That's a good idea. Like, so they they basically were like hitting up all like sponsored skaters in New York City and they were like, emails, they were like, what do you have to sell? Wow. Like, like we don't have fucking shit. Like, cause in New York, it's gotten crazy. In New oh, York, yeah. it's like, people have time, they're not working, there's no security guards out, you could skate anywhere. Wow. So like, let's get it going and like, companies are like we're we don't have anything to sell you yeah that's why i was curious like i always wanted to hear from other skate shops like i've also heard from like team riders who were like yo they only sent me like three boards this month yeah because that's all they fucking have like yeah. i was like fuck yeah like, it's, it's changed a lot but um you know we're managing and we're established so we've you know we have all of our accounts and my dad's been selling skateboards for like 40 years so he's like oh, yeah this is old hat like, but well sort of not really because he's you know, we have to do all of our ordering online, and my dad doesn't even email, so. Oh, so you have to now. So be it's the... it's my deal now, but um, you know, he's still like the cornerstone of the shop, and you know, people come there to see him. If he's not there, they're like, "Where's Pablo?" <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting year because the demand is very high for skateboards, yeah. and the same thing with New York. Like people have time. Uh huh. They were getting extra unemployment money for a while. Like fuck it, I'm buying a new a fucking Christmas complete. Nobody <laughs> saved their, no one saved their extra money. They spent it. No, I know well, that. I mean that was the whole point of it though. <laughs> to stimulate the economy. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically like we're gonna give you money so you buy shit. 
so that our GP gross natural product goes up a little bit. Like that's that's like the trick. Yeah. Um, now, with, with skateboarding being like a like part part of your life, like in terms of a job, do you go out and skate a lot? I do skate. Yeah, I don't skate. I'm not like some gnarly shredder, but um, you know, you're not I, going El Toro and like Carlsbad. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I have a <laughs> solid quiver of cruiser boards, <laughs> and I have like two park boards. So um, you know, there's a pump track in Carmel Valley. So Joel showed me video of that track. That track looks. It's fun. fun. It's a leg burner. Yeah, you gotta go there like with friends, uh-huh. so that you don't just burn out and then have to, you know, like go home after 20 minutes yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yeah the pump track is a lot of fun it's a good workout you know i just pump around try and get speed and then um you know i do a lot of skateboarding around the neighborhood too because uh-huh. pb's on this like subtle grade like north to south it goes downhill oh really and east to west it goes downhill so we we skate cast street it's the street that our skate shop's on uh-huh but you know you will just like push up to the top of the hill it's a little over like a half a mile up uh-huh you get up there and then you just bomb back down you know you can go as fast or slow as you want because it's not too aggressive it's not yeah. like a san francisco hill. no no you're not like trying to burn off speed at yeah, yeah. any point you're trying to go as fast as you can but yeah. you know you'd go just go from the top to the bottom and carve all the way down it's pretty fun i think the one thing i think with a lot of surfers that skateboard it's like you could see it that it makes their surfing better like well, i yeah. noticed like my favorite like surfers tend to be people who can skate well Totally. I look yeah. at Honolulu and I'm like, well, no wonder she's yeah. so gnarly because yeah. she skates too yeah. and she really skates well. Like she skates big bowls and stuff. Yeah, I've seen her skate the pipeline bowl like a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not fucking even touching that thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you learn not to fall. <laughs> yeah. You learn to like find a way to make <laughs> stuff because it's gonna hurt if you don't. And then, you know, it's just that staying above your staying above your board kind yeah. of thing that that really crosses over. I think. Yeah. And the leg strength and balance. It's like if you're skateboarding in your free time, it's it's like you're cross training. Well, that's you know? what I do. I skate like two times a week. Like I do like two like two to three hour like sessions. I like have like a couple of things that I built. I pull them out. I'm like, nice. okay. I'm like, all right, you know, like I got to be careful. I'm 47, almost 47. So it's like a little sketch. You it's know? fun though. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. But I do notice that like I'll, I'll skate with like Grant and stuff every once in a while. Like, well, he's dude, gnarly. Yeah. Grant Rich. Yeah. I'm like, you, Grant pisses me off because he's just basically good at everything he touches. And I'm like, yeah. this is not fair. Like, it's not, not fair. He's a natural. Um, so with, uh, with, uh, surfing, who are you getting boards from lately? Uh, lately, the last couple of years, I've been getting a lot of really good boards from, um, a bunch of local shapers in San Diego. Uh-huh. Um, Josh Hall makes me boards. I get these, like, long fishes from him. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then I have... Do you get them um, as a quad or like as like... Uh, the two plus... No, they're... um, It's the Fish Simmons, so it's three small glass-on fins. Oh, okay. That's like so fun. I want to try one of his quads, but right now I'm into the three fin ones. Um, and he's made me a longboard too, and then Dane Pearlie makes me longboards right now too. Which a lot of people are starting to like experiment with and ride his boards. Yeah, the Speed Demon is a trip. It's a really fun board. Um, is that what that is? Yeah, the one I rode today is the Speed Demon. That one's custom for me. Um, How, it's like on the shorter side, huh? It's 9-1, yeah. He made it when I was doing a couple of those surf relic contests okay. a couple years ago. Um, he made me that one for Malibu for that oh, okay. event. Um, but yeah. His boards are really fun. Dane's like a wizard. 
you know uh-huh. I asked him like how did you come up with this design no because it's when I saw the outline like when I first saw the outline I didn't think the bottom contour was gonna be like that yeah like I was like I saw the outline I was like oh it's gonna have like a mid style bottom contour and then I flipped someone's over at church and I was like oh this is like the same kind of bottom contour as like, like well it's full roll it's, yeah he's got a, a trippy thing basically what he told me was that he didn't like how slow nose riders worked, you know, because yeah. a nose rider, if it's a pure nose rider, is going to be super slow because yeah. it's designed to suck and like hold you back in the pocket. Right. But these things, he figured it out with all that width in the tail. You know, there's enough water breaking on the tail that it's going to be stable on the mm-hmm. nose. But then it's got that straight outline, so it's super fast. So, yeah, it just like it's yeah. really gunning down. And they surprisingly, they still turn. Which is cool. When you look at the outline, you're like, that thing doesn't turn. No, that's what I thought too. <laughs> that's what I thought too when I saw them. And then I see like, like I saw you surf it that one day at church. And then like I seen a couple other people surfing down there. And I'm like, oh shit. Like, like that's not what I thought that board would do. Yeah, they're like, a lot of fun. And especially like where I'm at with my surfing. Like, I just want to have fun when I go surf, you know? Yeah. And riding different stuff that makes you kind of... It's kind of like a palate cleanser, you know, you get on one of these and it's like, you've been doing the same thing for so long and then you get on a different board and you have to kind of turn your brain off and just surf and just adjust to it and you'll find new feelings that just like keep your stoke going, uh-huh. you know, like same thing with the long fish. It's like, a, I got a, a 7-Eleven fish Simmons from Josh. Uh-huh. I first got that thing. I was like, I can't even ride this. I didn't know how to ride it. Uh-huh. And once I figured it out, once it clicked, it's like you can find speed in sections where any other board would just be like bogging, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are sick. And then, you know, I got a couple other boards. Uh, Chris Christensen just made me a really nice egg, uh-huh. which I haven't ridden because I got it after all the big swells and there hasn't really been a day for it. No, there's, yeah, it's been pretty small. Yeah. And then I got, a, I have a little stash of fries, like skip fry boards that. Um, one I got when I was like 14, he made it for me custom, and then Whoa. I've picked up a few along the year, over the years, this big 12-2 that I got, Whoa. I won it in an, in an auction, I got it on accident, I like put the first bid in, uh-huh. and this was in 2013, this was way back, put the first bid in, and anybody who wanted that board was like inside the surf museum and the auction was going on outside oh so they didn't even know what's going on no and i did it like okay i'll throw the first bid in haha someone's gonna outbid me and then all of a sudden they're like once twice sold (laughs) i don't know maybe they wanted me to have it i don't know that's pretty cool though (laughs) whatever it happened i have this 12-2 eagle that was made for harold reed back in the early 90s Whoa! so i was one of skip's friends and it's it's like a sequel there's that one's Big Mo, it's the son of Big Blue. And it's crazy, like, I don't know how I ended up with this board, but it works so good. And honestly, it's made for someone who's twice my size, so I can tandem surf on that thing, or I can ride I mean, it solo. It's pretty fun. It must go super fast, huh? It goes real fast. The hardest thing is getting it from my car to the ocean <laughs> and back to the car after I've surfed. That's, a big, that's like carrying two boards. Oh, uh, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> but, you know, it's a novelty thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think what, you know, you, you touch upon the thing about, like, <laughs> uh, about uh, trying out different boards and kind of doing a reset and stuff. You know, I think that's something that people forget is that they get too accustomed to, like, 
hey, this kind of board works for me and I'm not going to try and be like, you know, they get like, it's almost like a fear thing, right? It's like kind of like, this is what I'm comfortable with and I'm scared to try this other thing because then it's like, I, like you said, you have to shut your brain off. I have to right. start from scratch again. But that's almost like a good thing. I mean. Totally. I mean, as far as longevity and surfing and having fun and yeah. not getting burnt out on doing the same thing every day, like trying new boards is so good for you. Like for me, I found that that's just... It's the best, you know, it's like, you kind of have to relearn some stuff, but then it's like your repertoire is just so much more well-rounded. Well, you could also bring things from one kind of board to the next, right? It's like you've learned this, like all of a sudden you unlock this one thing on this type of board, and then you like go and surf like the board that you're used to, and you kind of bring some of that back. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when I ride a big board for a while, and then I get on a smaller one, and it's just like, like whips around, yeah, like, yeah. you know? You're like, wow, I could really turn this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I used to go a lot between like my mid lengths and like my long board, and like, it's kind of been shitty because the waves haven't been good enough to do that for me. Like, just because I'm bigger, like I need a bigger wave. And it's like, I've only, like I have like a 7.4 a Bonzer and I've taken it out twice in a year. Yeah. In the last year, just because there's no waves for it. Meanwhile, like, like there was like a good like two year period where like I could switch between. And they're having fun. <laughs> uh, so one of the big things, you know, that's happened over the last like year or two, obviously with like a lot of social justice issues happening, like a lot of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, the LGBTQ community has been brought to the forefront, I think, in surfing through like media and stuff like that. What do you think has been good about that? And how do you think like surf, surfing can like kind of make that, that surfing be more inclusive? Like what can be done for surfing to be more inclusive? Well, that's an interesting question. Cause as far as like, you know, people and their orientations and all that stuff, I don't really think that plays a huge role in the ocean yeah. in my experience. Um, and it's funny as surfers, we're not naturally like tuned or like raised to be an inclusive culture. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard one. Um, I mean, yeah, locals only. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you make the bag that says "Thank you for not surfing <laughs> I know, here," I know. but and it's and it's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. I'm it's, not, but it's sorta. But it's, exactly, and it's not geared towards anyone in particular. <laughs> a little bit, but yeah. So it's more like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are like locals are always going to be locals right. and anyone else is always going to be an outsider right in surfing mm -hmm. so as far as like but you know it doesn't really matter to me if someone's like oh yeah i'm you know no i'm not i'm, I'm, I'm not like you it's like fine as long as you're not trying to paddle around me you can be <laughs> whoever you want to be in the ocean you can have six arms i don't give a shit exactly <laughs> you know and i see I see guys out in the water, or people, excuse me, people out in the water wearing like Sia outfits. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's cool, you know, that's interesting. That's their trip, you know, like, I don't even wear that kind of surf yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. you know? I'm not gonna like burn that person because they look different than me, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's just, surfing's never been an inclusive thing, and I don't. So, you but, think, so like fundamentally at its core, because of it not being so inclusive, it's just like a hard thing to kind of like... I think it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, everyone can... That's the thing about life is it really is everyone being themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to like take umbrage with somebody who's, you know, transgender or, you know, homosexual, you're going to have a hard life. 
regardless. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, whether yeah. it's in or out of the water. If you're upset because somebody's living their life a different way, you know, you're going to have a hard time because that's what life is, is people being themselves. Yeah, well, ultimately, people being themselves is what makes the, the world better. Yeah. I mean, you have happier people, right? Totally. Like, and, like, that's just going to make a happier world. I mean, as, like, corny and, like, like hippy-dippy that sounds, like, I, I mean, I believe in that. Like, it's something I try to teach my daughter. I'm like, yeah, dude, if we weren't different, like, this would be fucking boring. Yeah, like, it would be, totally. Like, if we were all the same, like, this would be the most fucking boring world to live in. Totally. We're not, you know, we're not animals. No. Like, you know, all the zebras look essentially the same all yeah. the dogs dogs are different because they've interbred you know but that's because we've done that to them but see but, but that's a good example though like you have zebras who basically have kept to themselves and they're all the same and yeah. dogs have kind that's, of like yeah i mean you have like every kind of mix in the world and i think like that's like what makes dogs beautiful like i wouldn't want to like to be honest like i'm just the type of person like i don't want a purebred dog I want totally like, kind of rando like yeah. my dog looks like no one else's dog that's what I want <laughs> totally <laughs> like even if it's like some gnarly ugly dog like I'm cool with that because you know what that's my dog everybody yep. knows that's cool um one of the things I remember I um I donated some skateboards to you guys at the shop yeah um so what what are some of the initiatives that you've been doing like to like help the surf or skate community so that was really cool it's funny um thanks for donating those um, I didn't know that that was you when you donated okay. it. Because you were closed and I just was like, um, uh -huh. I gotta leave these like kind of barely used like street boards. Like, totally. No, that was really cool. So that was for this organization. It's just a couple of guys from Imperial Beach. Uh -huh. And they had this uh, little foundation. They just started it called My Homie Hookup. Okay. So these guys were collecting from different skate shops all over San Diego, like used stuff. Uh -huh. So that they could build a bunch of skateboards for kids who can't afford to buy them. Got it. Which was rad. That's awesome. Because I've always like I always save stuff at the shop. My dad calls them turds. Like you're just like saving trash. Yeah. But a lot of times there's like bearings that you can refurbish yeah. or lightly used wheels, trucks, and stuff. You know, trucks are the hardest thing to get. But um, so that was one of the initiatives that we've been helping out just around Christmas was to collect, you know, boards and trucks and wheels and stuff so that these kids could build boards to give to kids that can't afford them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is cool. And we had, like, you know, we have the venue for it. Yeah. And all people, you know, people were coming in and buying new stuff and going, I'm donating this. See, that's dope. Like, which I love, was cool. Like, I love seeing that. I mean, I love, like, like the fact that it's like, look, if you're not going to use it, pass it along, right? Like, yeah. like what, what's the point of you throwing it out or hoarding it? You know, totally. that's why when you posted that thing, I was like, you know what? I was like, I was keeping this for that reason, like for someone to do this because Deluxe was doing it for a while. Okay. Like Deluxe was doing this thing where they were sending bins to skate shops and they were like, hey, if you have used stuff, put it in here nice. and it has a FedEx label. And when you're done with it, it gets shipped to us and then we distribute it to like they had a list of charities they were like stoked and all these people see that's like, rad like i think i think that's the thing that's like nice to see in like the skateboarding and like surfing community like one thing that's always like attracted me to surfing especially in the last couple of years that's made me really like happy it's like there's been all these initiatives whether it be stuff that like cast does or someone else that like hey let's raise money for this thing or like let's like get get a trip for this or like totally. let's do a beach cleanup like kind of thing you know it's i think it's important and sometimes like people just kind of forget you know? totally you know what's cool too is i go down to mexico a lot uh -huh. and um i was just down in mainland 
This time I didn't bring a board, but my friends Kat and Christy live down there. Uh -huh. They do like some surf tours. And you know, every now and then I'll tell them, oh yeah, I'm coming down. And they'll be like, hey, do you have any old boards you can bring? And, you know, if some local kid down there needs a board. Yeah. And you got space in your board bag. You can almost always find a used board. Like I went over to Birds one time and I was like, hey, I'm going down. Do you have any boards? And he's like, yeah, here's two boards that somebody gave me to give away. There you go. And you just throw them in your board bag and bring them wherever you go and you leave them, you know? Yeah. So that's one of the things that's, like you're saying with surfing, where like giving back is, mm -hmm. it's not uncommon, which is really cool, you know? Like if you have an extra board or something that's used, mm -hmm. that, you know, there's always somebody out there who wants a board or needs a board and doesn't have it. So, mm -hmm. you know. That's one of those things you can always keep on your radar is to, you know, if you have something to you, it may not be worth anything, but to someone, it's like, it's their first board or yeah. it's like their new board, you know? Well, you always hear these stories about like being like, oh, like my first board was this like used thing that I got from X, Y, and Z and stuff. And so like, I think it's also, for me, it's a little selfishly rewarding that like you're the person who's the catalyst for that. Like, totally. hey, I'm the person like, who knows? Like, I might have given a board to someone who's going to surf for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Like, that's fucking dope. Like, like, or skate for the rest of their lives. Like, you're talking about those board. Like, there wants to be some kid who just saw someone on a skateboard and it got a used board. And then next thing you know, like, five years later, they have a Nike contract. Totally. Like, fucking awesome. Like, good for you. Like, you know, if, if you weren't that person that gave it to them, that would have never happened. Yep. So, I, I mean, I try to look at it that way. And I love that you guys did it. Um, we're going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. Um, who are some of the people that you want to shout out, thank, say anything mm, about? Well... You can say bad stuff. I don't know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have any bad stuff to say right now, um, which is nice. <laughs> I must be feeling good today. Um, no, but shout outs, definitely... Uh, I mean, big shout out to my dad, Pablo, for teaching me to surf and he still surfs today you know just kind of leading the way um and then i don't know i mean there's always cassia she's always been like my big sister mm -hmm. she used to invite me on all these rad trips when i was a teenager she's like all right we're going to costa rica we're going to australia <laughs> and it cassia's way like hey pack your bag tomorrow yeah she would just <laughs> invite me on these insane trips and all i had to do was like scrounge up the money to go uh -huh. and I could just you know be on these epic surf trips um I don't know I mean bird bird at bird surf shed speaking of being the guy that you know gives you your first this or that like he he used to get me boards from south coast through uh Robin Perdonovich who really? was Robin Perdonovich is one of the best shapers I know it's actually Todd Perdonovich from Surfer. That's his dad. Oh. Um, ironically, but um, no. Like Bird and Robin Perdonovich, those guys. I mean, Bird helped me by like, you know, giving me the opportunity to have boards and you know trade them out and stuff when I was young. Uh -huh. um, and then Robin, being the amazing shaper that he was, he taught me so much about surfboard design and what makes things work the way they do mm -hmm. um so i i mean i gathered so much knowledge from him when i was a teenager 
I mean, that information is also really important as you develop your surfing style and career because then you understand what, like when you're like, oh, my board's not doing this, you start understanding why it's not doing that. Mm -hmm. And you could at least like, when you get your next board made by someone, you could communicate it better. Oh yeah. You're not just like throwing it, shooting out numbers. You're like, no, I know it needs to be a rolled bottom and I, you know. Yeah, he taught me a a ton about surfboard design. Yeah, I think that's something that's lacking a lot of times with surfers is that like they, they kind of throw that to the side. They're just like, yeah. uh, and I'm like, no, no. Like, I know I'm like a board geek. And like, I read about boards and stuff. And I look at boards all the time. And I try to figure them out and like, just yeah. understand them. Like, I think it's important to know like, what's going to make your surfing either better or fun. Whatever you, whatever your goal is. Right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, in closing, um, if you could pick one place to surf that you've surfed at, that would be your favorite. No, actually, you didn't have to even surf there. One place that's your favorite place to surf at. Where would it be and why? Favorite place? I can't say where my favorite wave is. I'm just kidding. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to Google Maps. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, my favorite waves are, you know, either like a nice A-frame reef that has a, sh- a channel, nice, you know, solid takeoff, kind of uh, like wind and CS, and then something just with a long inside line on it, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't have a favorite. I just love all kinds of waves. Anything that's not closed out. <laughs> I mean, I think that's like closed out and crowded, huh? And then, I mean, Sano's cool because you get to sit there on the beach and watch your friends surf while you're not in the water. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful about Mexico is that there's a lot of spots that are kind of like this. You can just pull up and park, surf all day, you know, go Chill. in and out of the water constantly. Yeah. But I don't really have a favorite spot. I just like to be at the beach. See, that's all. I mean, that's why we all started this, right? Being at the beach. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for sitting down. No worries. Spending some time. And uh, yeah, see you out there. Sick. Thanks for chatting. Thanks to Jen for sitting down with us and uh, spending a little time. I always like talking to surfers who are very multifaceted in terms of that they skate, that they do other things. I think it's really important in anything you do, whether it be surfing, skating, BMX, whatever it is, if you have like a main focus that you are bringing in other influences to it, because that's ultimately what makes you unique and makes it your own. And when you have other things outside of your main core interest, you're going to not only appreciate your main core interest more, but you're going to bring more spice and flavor to it. And I think Jen does that. So Make sure to follow her on Instagram, Jen Smith Aloha. Make sure to watch her videos, the whole thing. Uh, Yeah, make sure to say hi to her in the lineup. But I want to get back into some tracks because we have a segment coming up with Worm where we talk about style. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you in a little bit. Peace.
like Mr. Boston. Beans in a box, you need more strength than just locks. I rock hardcore, even when I dress suited. On some business shit, my street is deep-rooted. What is this shit? Rappers want to blossom, but they all are costume. Thinking we buffoon, I tell you soon you'll end the hard way. Tens and blunts, going Broadway. To the theater, hot rocks is getting weirder. Like Vera, from Alice, the East is in your palace on some proper shit. And it will never be the opposite. When the East is in the house, oh my God. Till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes All the words past the margin The whole of mic I'm throbbing Mechanical movement Understandable smooth shit That murderers move with The thief's theme the Play me at night They won't act right The fiend of hip-hop Has got me stuck like a crack pipe The mind activation React like I'm facing time Like Pappy Mason With pins I'm embracing Wipe the sweat off my dome Spit the phlegm on the streets Suede Tim's on my beats Makes my cypher Complete weather Cruising in a six cab A Montero Jeep I can't call it The beats make me Falling asleep, I keep falling. We're never falling six feet deep. I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for presidents to represent me. Say what? I'm out for dead presidents to represent me. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. Whose world is this? The world is yours. The world is yours. To my man Ill Will, God bless your life. To my peoples throughout Queens, God bless your life. I trick we box of crazy bitches, aiming guns and all my baby pictures. Beef with housing police, release scriptures, that's maybe Hitler's. Yet I'm the mild money, getting stabbed, rolling foul. The versatile honey, sticking wild, golden child, dwelling in the rotten apple. You get tackled, a caught by the devil's lasso. Shit is a hassle. There's no days for broke days. We sell it, smoke pays while all the old folks pray. The Jesus soaking they sins and trays. A holy water, odds against nods and slaughter. Finger the word best describing my life. To name my daughter, my strength. My son to start will be my resurrection. Born in correction, all the wrong shit I did. He'll lead in right direction. How you live in larger broker, charge cards are mediocre. You're flipping coca, playing spit spades and strip poker. Poker, poker. It's yours. 
times out of ten I win With the skills I be wielding Got the tenth one dealing Let me express my feelings Ghoul has never been one to play a big shot It's just the styles I got that keep my mic hot And fuck turning my back to the street scene It gives me energy So I'ma keep fiends coming Just to get what I'm selling Maybe criminal or felon Dropping gems on your melon So keep abreast to the gangstar conquest Underground roughnecks Pounds of respect I've never been afraid to let loose my speech My brothers know I kick the code up the streets Sometimes I wonder, do I deserve to live? Or am I going to burn the hell for all the 
things I dig. No time to dwell on that, cause my brain reacts. Front if you want, kid, lay on your back. I don't fake jazz, kid, you know I bring it to your life. Stay in a child's place, kid, you out of line. Criminal mind, thirsty for recognition. I'm sipping, E and J got my mind flipping. I'm bucking, digging my was out of hope for hustling. Get that loot, kid, you know my function. As long as I'm alive, I'm alive, illegal. And once I get on them, I put on all my people's react quick, but lyrics like Max, I hit your domo. When I roll up the beat, go sleep because I'm free. Sunny this ain't no such thing. Halfway crooks, scared to death, and scared to look. They shook. This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death, and scared to look. They shook. This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Scared to death, and scared to look. They shook. This ain't no such thing as halfway crooks. Living the life that comes with guns. There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds. Some get shot, locked down, and turn guns. Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones, shook ones. He ain't a crook, son. He's just a shook one. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Taking you back from the tracks. Hope you guys been digging some of the tracks we've been laying down. Like I said, uh, since we've been away for a little while, I thought I'd go back to some classics. Obviously, a lot of these you've heard a zillion times, or if you haven't, you know, that's great. Um, so I hope you guys have been turned on. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew, Volume 73. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to go to our website, bodegabordercrew.com. Buy some stuff, support us keeps the lights on or keeps the mics on whatever you want to call it also make sure to check out this episode description on your chosen player of choice whatever you're listening to this thing on uh, where we have track listings and links to things that we're talking about so one of the new segments we're going to be doing now on this show is inspired by our Wednesdays with worm that we did during uh, COVID uh, I guess we're still during COVID uh, supposedly it's going to get canceled on June 15th I don't know what the fuck that means but uh, but a lot of you guys tuned in we've gotten a lot of requests for it and this is a little segment we're going to be adding uh, there's no name for it but in this uh, episode's one Worm and I talk about style so without further ado here's a little conversation we had so I wanted to talk to Worm about um, something we talked about a lot um, is style like how important is style in surfing do you think I mean it's the difference between being legendary and not I guess because it's like especially right now there's so many people that are really good at surfing right um, like really really good um, and so the difference between you know one person and the other is the style because we're all kind of sort of doing the same tricks uh-huh we're all just wiggling around on the surfboard, um, so it's like kind of how we do it that really matters. It's or more it doesn't, but it's like that's the part that that's the part everybody notices. That's what makes you like you. More the how than the what, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because anybody, I mean, to, to your, I, I always equate it to like I think about it on like a food level. Like anybody could take, like you could take a recipe, and you could have someone who just kind of like does it exactly as the recipe is right? yeah and and they don't like put the extra effort into it and you could take someone else who takes that exact same recipe and ingredients and in every step of the way they're doing something that's unique and to them and you'll have two different end results oh yeah but i wouldn't always say it has to do with um effort necessarily um 
So maybe that's the analogy. No, the analogy works. I just wouldn't include effort in there because sometimes it's not. A lot of your style, at least for me and for what I've seen of a lot of people, it's just it is it just is. And so it's kind of just cultivating the thing, figuring out what it is inside of you that is your style, and then maybe cultivating that or letting it like live the way it needs to live rather than trying to force it into like particular boxes. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there has to be some magic to it. I, I, th I also do think that a lot of times with style, you're, you're sourcing it obviously from somewhere, right? Like you're, when you're learning a skill like surfing or skating or playing a musical instrument, right? You're kind of like copying in a sense in the beginning, like trying to figure stuff out. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it sort of becomes your own. I think that's someone genuine style because you could see people who like are a clone of someone else who like, who are like obviously copying something 100% and a lot of times it seems very exaggerated. But then you see someone who takes that inspiration, like whether it be like, they're inspired by like Alex, right? Like, yeah. like, like his style is a very like particular thing, right? And so like, you could see people who like copy that a hundred percent and then there's people who take that and then they're kind of like that was the inspiration but they're putting more of themselves into it yeah exactly i mean but i think that's all that's all any of us are doing we're like watching things and everything we interact with that doesn't even have to do with surfing necessarily like it plays a role in how we like express ourselves when it's time to like do surfing or do like music or whatever it is you're into mm -hmm. everything you've like taken in in your in your life gets put back out in a certain way and so like um it's better if you're figuring if you're figuring out how it works for you rather than just straight copying it because copying it makes it really hard because um like to use your alex alex knows one is that like alex already exists so if I have the option to watch Alex or somebody who surfs like Alex, I'm probably gonna choose Alex because he probably surfs better than somebody who's trying to surf like them. Right. So uh, it would behoove you to take all of your inspirations and jumble them up inside of you and let them come back out however they come out. You know, because it's like, for example, like you know, when I was learning how to surf, um, some of my like my biggest inspirations were you know like Corey Schumacher or like Jody Barsby or um, you know Joel Tudor and Cassia and everybody and I and I surf nothing like any of those people mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be pretty easy to say that I don't surf anything right, right. like <laughs> any of them but like I took so much information from them when I was learning how to surf you know mm -hmm. it's the same thing where it's like I watched a lot of like Midget Fairly and like Ted Spencer and it's like I don't surf like any either of those people either right but like I'm doing some version and if you watch my surfing and, and you watch their surfing you can see there's probably particular moments where you're like, oh, that's where she gets that part from. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of figuring out how to let it sit inside of you and then come back out, I guess. And be authentic. I mean, you could tell, like, to your to your point, you know, when you're saying, like, it's it's an expression of, like, how you express yourself and everything, right? Like, the, the, the most the surfers that I feel have kind of, like, I look at Andy Nibliss, right? Mm -hmm. His style is him. Yeah. Like his style is his personality. Like when you hang out with him, like without having to see him surf, you picture in your head that's what he's going to surf. Yeah. Like, you know, like I kind of look at like how he dresses, his whole vibe and stuff like that. Michaela's another person. You yeah. Know, I remember exactly. you, you had mentioned like how like when you watch her surf, like she looks so happy and blah, blah, blah. And like excited. And that's how she is as a person. Oh, yeah. She is excited to surf. So it really comes out and it shows. But she's excited about life. 
Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, you hang out around her, like, at a party and stuff. It's like, you want to hang out with her. Yeah. Like, she's, like, the most fun. And it's like, that's exactly how surfing is. I think that's, that's the thing that's really beautiful about surfing and skateboarding as well, is that, like, the people who have those really true and honest, unique styles, it is, to your point, a direct reflection of how they are. You know, it's like 100%. Yeah, it's like some version of you. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it sounds it sounds wild to say, but the easiest way to get that is to just kind of be, just go where you're going to go and don't, like you want to force, you want to learn tricks. Like I get that and like you should learn tricks, but um, there's a difference between learning tricks and like trying to force yourself into like certain style pockets. And like, it's kind of weird to explain because it's like one of the reasons like I have tend to have really good like upper body like control is because I used to like play this game with a friend where we would just kind of like impersonate different um, surfers so I can impersonate a lot of surfers on the nose and one of the things that did was it forced me to pay attention to what I'm doing with my whole body huh. and and then and so that really tightened everything up and so like for me for a while I wanted to surf like Lance Carson so all my like tens were very like just straight and um and i was doing that but then i you know then after that i kind of loosened it up and so like my upper body is like kind of a lot more relaxed and i can do a lot more with it but that that's because like i went this round like you i went to this regimen and then like took it back and like went to where it naturally wants to go huh if that makes sense no no it does yeah i used to see it like we used to see it a lot in like the like mid 80s and 90s and like skateboarding like when like matt hensley came out like all of a sudden like you know he had a very unique and a very unique yeah. look and a unique approach to surf uh, skating and it was very much like him right it was like very authentic to him like it was like that's his look that's how he skates but then like all throughout the east coast you saw people who were like shaving their heads and dying it blue and like trying to skate like him and trying to like copy the same thing yeah and i remember that being just like a lot of those skaters actually dropped out of skating because they were just like trying to copy it rather than making it their own yeah but it's also weird because it's like maybe shaving your head and dyeing your hair blue is you so maybe you should do it you know and you just didn't know it was you until you saw it so, so you saw someone else do it yeah so it's like it's a weird thing because it's like there there's a lot to be said about like trying to forge your own path or whatever but it's like a lot of us like don't know where we're going and it, it helps to have like roadmaps and like sometimes that's you know, seeing a skater who's like a little more punk rock or whatever and shaves their head and mm -hmm. dyes it blue and then you're like, geez, that's what I would like to do. And like, then you I do it and you're existed. like, yeah, I didn't know that was an option and yeah. now it's an option and you're like, oh, that's that's it. That, that's it for me. Not true. So it's not, it's weird because it's not always like, it's not a bad thing to copy people. I mean, I do it like my surfboard is literally just a just nueva checkers like i'm straight up copying that and i'm not even going to pretend that i'm not right. doing it like i'm not doing my own version of it those are nueva checkers and yeah. i put them there so hopefully people know that i'm giving a nod to it and right. and it's cool because it's also two-tone or whatever but it's like part of the this history is dope. yeah you know i want to i want to be really respectful of the fact that it's like yo i've copied a lot of people and i but also i know a lot of the people i've copied and I, i'll be i'm super down to send anybody a list of you know like all history. of my yeah all of my like inspirations is there a thing such as bad style um no or is that like subjective because you could have someone it's, like i mean it's obviously subjective 
Yeah. Because it's like there's gonna be people out there that think my style is trash, and it's like fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Um, I can't change it, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess I could force myself to surf differently. But it's like you know, have at it. Like some people are gonna think my style, the way I surf, is pretty trash, and and I get that because I'm gonna think the same thing about other people, and it it just kind of is. Like, we all like different things, you know? I don't like ketchup. I'm not gonna fuck with ketchup on anything. And then there are people who just drench their drench their stuff in, like, drench their french fries in it, and it's just like, that's not for me. But, like, other people will marry it. So yeah. it's like, whatever. So I don't, I don't think there's bad style. There's style I don't prefer. There's style that's, like, not preferable in yeah. general, but it's like, it's, it's all so subjective, so it's like, don't worry so much about it. If you want to change something, though, by all means, change it. Because it's like, for example, I know that like photographers would mention to me that when I was doing my stretch fives, I, you couldn't see my face in photos and in film because I had my arm too high up. So huh. one of the things I did was like I just moved my arm down. And now you'll watch me. If you see me set up for like a stretch five in videos, you'll see me set up and then you'll see me lower, physically lower my shoulders and that's because somebody told me that my arms were too high huh and it's like you know so you can fix you can whatever. fix stuff yeah yeah fix whatever you don't like keep what you do like i just think there's no like rules to it that's my whole thing that i'm trying to get at there's like, no no there's no rules it's loose you know some things will maybe not get you invited to certain contests <laughs> but it's like whatever I know I fight the thing like I've been fighting for so long the arm movement thing and because I just want to have still arms like that's like my thing um, and not have the chicken wings but I have the chicken wing a lot of times. So. You got to loosen them and you got to drop your shoulders yeah. but that's advice I would probably give almost everybody. Yeah. Most people scrunch up their shoulders and it's it you'll relax your whole surfing if you drop your shoulders yeah. like physically think to yourself when you on a wave as you're walking on the board think to yourself drop my shoulders yeah it's like when you do it when you're running or you do it you know there's like ev like all these thing activities you do you're like you know you're like trouble spots and so like just physically say to yourself drop my shoulders and then drop them just be, be conscious of it a little bit yeah just be conscious of it just be like, just the same way like, i'm gonna paddle i'm gonna stand up i'm gonna start walking i'm gonna drop my shoulders. shoulders yeah what do you think is the best advice you could give to someone who's trying to like develop their own style well, I don't know. I don't know. How you, I don't know. I don't necessarily know how I developed my style. I watched a lot of videos. I watch a lot of videos, and so um, figure out what you like, and then figure out how it make works for you. So it's like, I guess it's that. Yeah. I don't know if there's better advice. No, I think that makes sense. I think it's again, it's it's subjective. I just I personally like the styles that I tend to be attracted to, tend to be ones that like. Um, I don't know if this is the right way to put it. Feel very honest, like they feel mm -hmm. very much the person. But that's also like subjective. Yeah, and well, that's you the know? thing. That's why I'm that's saying that's like your opinion, man. Where you're like, I mean, some people. I think the person is trying too hard, and it's like, who knows? <laughs> but I mean, some people are into like watching people who are like totally still. Like some people like love that. Like yeah. for me, that's not a turn on. Like for me, it's like that. And I, I don't like you know like like I love like how like you surf and like Grant. And like Alex like that for me is like kind of like for me like that's what I am attracted to like, yeah like I want to surf that kind of way like it's like you know I, I love like how Alex bottom turns and how he nose rides like you know and I love how Grant surfs and like all that stuff but again it's it is subjective but I think I think it's just like 
it's something that a lot of people like overlook in surfing like they get so caught up in like maneuvers if you will oh yeah the maneuvers of it all but it's like sometimes someone who's just trimming in the pocket it with super good style but it's a hundred yeah. times better than well it's how it's all how you do it yeah it's all how you do it it's not about the, it's not about the destination you know it's the journey man. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I think I think I also would recommend everybody trying to expand their mind and open it to like different styles that you didn't think you would like because it's like I think you're missing a lot of really good surfing and a lot of good influences and a lot of tips mm -hmm. if you just are like I'm a traditional longboard person only I'm not gonna watch any other videos it's like well then you're missing out on literally everything that's not mm -hmm. this one section and I think you're only hurting yourself like you don't have to listen to my advice but I think you're hurting yourself by like not watching other people because yeah. I watch a ton of like high performance longboarding yeah and and I watch a ton, like way too much probably bodyboarding and um, we watch a lot of mat surfing and like body surfing and skimboarding I mean I watch all the videos and mm. so do a bunch of the other people I know that are like like there's a there's a group thread that I, I I'm in and it's literally us just mostly sending photos of like or videos of skateboarders and bodyboarders and it's and it's a group of surfers yeah see that's cool I I, f I find I find for myself like to, to your point like a little bit more inspiration from like outside of like surfing you know and, and, like especially I mean maybe it's just coming from skating like I, I sit there I mean I send you clips all the time like see I'm, that's why you got to expand because there's so much inspiration in surfing it's yeah. just not all it's yeah. not all in your wheelhouse yeah you know well, I think I think the thing that people can take away from it is, you know, work at it. Nothing's wrong. Grow. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And it's a journey. Try and grow. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds easy. It's yeah. It's oh. the it's the means. What is isn't that right? And it's the means. Means Not are the, just as important as the ends. Yeah. Exactly. Hope you guys dug that little talk about style. Style for me is very important. It's something that in skateboarding and surfing and in music, for, uh, cooking, everything, it separates the great and timeless from the okay. Uh, the analogy I use about the recipe is something I really believe in. You could take a recipe from a cookbook and put two people in the same kitchen, same utensils, same ingredients. They could cook it two different ways. There'll be two different end results. And I think surfing is the same way. You could have people at the same break, same age, same equipment, and they will surf that way two totally different ways. And one's gonna be more appealing to the other person than, you know, it, it depends. But hope you guys dug that. Anyway, let's get back to the tracks and then check in with you guys in a little bit with some short takes. Peace.
I reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back? Yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track. Uh -huh. The birth of a child on the 8th of October. Like a toast, that. but my granddaddy came sober. Crazy Count man. all the fingers and the toes. Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows. Yeah. 18 yeah. years younger than my mama. But I really got beaten with the girl of drama. Yeah. In single parenthood, there I stood. By the time she was 21, had another one. Yeah. This one's yeah. a girl. What? Let's name a Pam. Same father as the first, but you don't give a damn. Right. Irresponsible, plain not thinking. Yeah. Papa said yeah. chill, but the brother keep winking. Uh -huh. Still he won't down, you would tear out your hide. Uh -huh. On your side while the baby make a slide. But mama got wise to the game. The youngest uh -huh. of five kids, hun, here it is. Yeah. After yeah. 10 years without no spouse, yeah. mama's getting married in the house. Listen, positive over negative for the woman a master. Uh -huh. Mother queens rise in the chapter. Yes. Deja vu, tell you what I'm gonna do when they reminisce over you, my God.
physicists try to solve the context. Philosophers are wondering what's next. Pieces took the lab to observe them. They couldn't absorb them. They didn't serve them. My ideas are only for the audience ears. For my opponents, it might take years. Pencils, pens, and swords. Letters put together from a key to cause. I'm also a sculpture. Born with structure. Because of my culture, I'm a perfect instructor. Style out of beat full of technology. Complete sights and new heights after I get deep. You don't have to speak, just see and peep the technique. There was a hardy boy mystery you're trying to solve. Can't understand why you got involved, but here's the clue. Try to get on Master Blaster. Now think who causes disaster. Clue number two. You give up? I figured. It was Caleb Boss on the cut. He had to help suck a duck, and that's clue number three. You wrong, cause it was EPMC. MC, MC, get off the bandwagon. I'm not bragging, but tagging and snagging a biter that tries to imitate. Time to go on strike and demonstrate on a foe, on a foe, on a foe. That does not in O, that if he pulls my card, I'm good to flow, toe to toe, blow to blow without no H2O. Hey yo, you wanna battle? I'm good to GO. Get off the bandwagon, sucker. Off the band band wagon. Wagon. This ain't a blast from the past, it's a boomer from the future. Feel free to scream ho or yo. If it suits you, while the bass is booming and your face is glooming, saying the E double E is death, you're not assuming. The only one that might think is a jealous fellow. So you have to step because I'm cool and I'm cool and I'm cool. Now you're through, your whole not boo. Or I'll be on that butt. Like crazy glue. Like crazy I roll into the party as if I was 5-0. Brook investigate a biter like Columbo. Push a rap for some info in exchange for a jumbo. A jumbo. And when I find a sucker, time to play Rambo. Rambo. Or Command Bro. You know, I knew it was the sucker with the Jackson 5 Afro. We rock rhymes, then we run them a while. Sucker entries catch on, then they bite our style, they get confused. 
dazed and amazed and sweating and things because our rhymes are used. Seen us in the crowd, now they thrown off course. They run around like a chicken with their heads cut off. They on the bandwagon. Hey, yo, man, listen when I tell you, sucker. Get off. Get off the bandwagon. While my body was swaying, you was saying. Who is that brother while the record was playing? I felt kinda happy like an ego trip. I had the lounge cause my image is hip. My tradition is dissing, in this position. And while about now I'm in perfect condition. So don't get mad and don't stop pissing. Don't say nothing, homeboy, just listen. No time for playing, sucker empties, I be slaying. Get off the bandwagon, you know what I'm saying? I devastate the hip hop scene. Keep the feet moving like a dancing machine. E got my back, yeah. the boss is on scratch. Meanwhile, I'm in groove with the beat on wax. I'm in my own world. No room for distraction. Control and seize while the boss while keeps scratching. Get off the bandwagon. Get off the Why you were over here perpetrating the fraud? I was overseas on the 
charts with boy George. You're the beginner. Shantae's the winner. Have another competition for dinner. Sit you on the table with a plate and cup. Say grace and then eat your ass up. So step back, cuz I can hold my own and everyone y'all be easy. Cuz this girl is gone. Welcome back. What is up? How y'all doing? Thanks for listening. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 73. Hope you like the chat, the interviews, the spiel, worm, me, the whole thing. Let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our website, bodegabordercrew.com. Buy some stuff, support us. Also, you just get some cool stuff. There's t-shirts. There's a lot of fun stuff. 
If you don't get the jokes, there's descriptions that tell you, you know, what everything's inspired by. I'm not just going to put a logo on something. I think it's kind of lame. So, uh, Also, make sure to check out this episode descriptions on your iTunes player for track listings and links to things that we're talking about. And this week, we have a couple of short takes for you guys to check out. Uh, the first short take is this whole series that Grant Hilling has been doing called This Week in Malibu, which is a lot of drone footage. It's it's primarily like drone footage when it comes to the surfing, um, all at Malibu. Summertime at Malibu obviously is lighting up. It's the season. Everybody's going nuts. A lot of people are coming, and uh, this is his little take on it. Obviously, there's been a lot of drama with what's going on at Malibu. Uh, localism, you know, that... We talked about it with Joel on the show uh, at Van 66 uh, and Karen Columbus and that whole thing. And I stand, I'm kind of on that same boat where I think it's total fucking bullshit. And I could go in depth with it if anybody wants to talk one-on-one about it. But Grant Hilling does a great job of uh, showcasing the surfing that's going on, mostly by the regulars, if you will. Grossman, the Marshall Brothers, a uh, couple of other people. I love that Eric Gross keeps popping on it because Grossy is like one of my favorite people. I also like this last episode because he shows some people that aren't uh, local or regulars at Malibu, like Tosh and Barrett Miller. Even though Barrett Miller wasn't credited, I'm pretty sure that was his wave. I love watching Barrett surf Malibu. I've seen it in person a bunch of times. And I think when you see people that aren't from a spot, bring something new to a spot is pretty interesting. But we have a link to the video. I think you should check it out. Check out the entire series because I think it's really fun to watch. It gives you a really good gauge of what's happening at Malibu for real and not on social media. And the fact that there are like really nice people there and you can have a good time as long as you're respectful. The second clip I wanna talk about is from our homie robot, uh, Kevin Jansen. Uh, he did this uh, little trip with uh, Grant Noble down to the Dominican Republic. It's called uh, Kalo K and supported by Vans. And it's a great video. Uh, look, Grant's been hurt for a little while, so you haven't seen a lot of him. So this was shot before he got hurt. Grant just rips, you know, there's no, there's no hiding the fact that he's like one of my favorite people, one of my favorite surfers and makes all my boards too. <laughs> and that doesn't hurt either. And I love how he approaches uh, that break, and uh, it's just a fun video to watch. Uh, again, Kevin's work is really good. I never, I think with Kevin's work for me, compared to other filmmakers' work, is that like I want to watch it again, and that's hard to say in today's day and age of, of a lot of media out there. There's so much stuff that comes out there that's basically like surf porn that you just watch once, especially if it's on Instagram or Instagram TV, and you're like over it. And Kevin's, I will watch over and over again. And there's very few people, it's like him and like maybe Kai Neville and like some other people, Thomas Campbell, uh, that I can say that about. So check out this clip, it's really awesome. We have a link to it. The last clip to bookend this, if you wanna call it that, is uh, Thump by uh, Current. Uh, Thump is this, it's basically, I remember when TJ was here in 2019 and just filming a ton at Malibu, like anyone does who's not from here because it's kind of awesome. Like you get, you could stack a lot of clips and this is him putting it together. There's a lot of people in there, including one of my favorites, Cass. And I like how he edited this. I think it's interesting. I like the music. He wrote the music, I believe for the second part of it. 
it was really good i love original music in stuff uh it's really hard to come by there were definitely some strobeck vibes in here which is cool because i think you need to bring some of that to to surfing i think surf video in a way and film has really stagnated and i think there needs to be more experimentation i think what tj's done in this is like pretty cool and fun it makes it more fun and enjoyable and at the end of the day it's entertainment right like this isn't like uh some kind of like study if you will this isn't some kind of academia this is really you want to be entertained and this clip is really good that he put together uh, we have a link to it. Check it out. Also support current, support TJ, support independent surf filmmakers. Because if anybody is doing the work that needs to be recognized, it's them. They hustle. They bust their ass. They sometimes go out and fucking don't get shit for days. And they're still filming. And they're still waking up in the morning. And they're still de dealing with fucking spoiled surfers. And we, we are all spoiled. I'm one of those people. So... If you can support these people by watching their videos, by sharing them, by bookmarking them, by helping them with the algorithm, watch it on Instagram Live and then go watch it on YouTube. Like, just help them out, get them the views because you know what? Without them, our history could potentially be lost and all this amazing surfing can be gone in the wind. And uh, coming from seeing that happen in skateboarding in New York City in the late 80s and early 90s, we don't want to see that happen to surfing and it'd be forgotten but that's it that's a wrap that's the end of the episode i'm glad i'm back i'm glad we're back i'm glad you're back i'm glad i get to interact with you guys a little bit more i definitely think the show that we do for vans is the main priority right now to be honest because video is something we really want to get more into and vans has given us that ability to do that so make sure to tune in june 25th Vans Channel 66. We'll have a link to it in our Instagram stories. 10 a.m. Pacific to 12 p.m. Pacific. It's live only. It's not archived. A lot of people ask me like, oh, I missed the show, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, where can I see it? You can't. It's one and done. And that's what makes it very exciting. It's me, Worm. It's DJ Mike C. This episode coming up, it's going to be Grant Noble and uh, the, the people from uh, City Surf from San Francisco. So make sure to check it out. But you know what? I want to thank all you guys out there. I want to thank Surfer Magazine for uh, putting us in the list of uh, podcasts, the five podcasts to check out uh, to keep people entertained. Uh, to be in the company of people like Chris Cote and the lineup means a lot to me. And that was very nice of them and sad to see them go into print version. But I want to thank the guys there, the guys and girls out there. Uh, also, uh, just, you know, it's Pride Month. Every month should be Pride Month. And uh, please go out there and work for a LGBTQ community and do what you can and there's a lot of uh youth out there that have a really hard time grasping this this concept for them and if you can be that person that listens to them you can wind up saving a life and after all that's all we want to do but let's go out there let's have fun i hope to see you out there thanks for joining me and uh listen you know my famous last words no need to bust a craze on a wave go out there have fun smile at each other Keep 10 feet apart from each other. And you'll have a good time. Check you out next time. Peace. You want a battle swing? I bring commanding me like I
sing to my own opera. Balang, balang, balang to the man in Rakaz Island. If you live by the sun, you're going to die by the gun. Because all guys tell lies and more girls commit sin. I was born in the code red, but now I'm chilling with a few good men. Assassination on the kid from the capital. I never played a soap opera, but now I'm in general hospital. Condition critical, spirit overrules the physical. So if I die, catch me at the funeral. I'll fly away, oh glory. With the mic in my hand to a land where only God knows me. And the angels write raps on holy paper. I said, I'm looking for Jesus. He said, take the escalator one flight up. It's guaranteed you'll be there. My sister be there. My mother be there. So, Mona Lisa, could I get a date on Friday? And if you're busy, I wouldn't mind taking Saturday. Round up the posse, told you coming around the way. I don't puff blood, so I always got my breath. Never had to battle with a bulletproof. They call me Cockweaver, but I still keep a chest. I don't wear Jerry Curls, cause I'm not from the West. No disrespect to the West, true indeed. I rock it to the East, the East is the sea. The sea to them days back, yo, ships gets in hot tracks. Peace to Mr. Magic, things are getting tragic. Now we on some new stuff, I never fit the Ku Klux. My whole clan is acting up, I blame it on the Philly club. What's your crew to do? Kids are acting, ooh, and it's getting better. Yo, where's the corporate now? I'm Mr. Three-Piece suit. Check the square roots, your foes and Timothy boots. Nah, that's the surface. And on the ball, me dudes, I got a head full of problems in the hand full of nappy roots. I feel it, Jones, coming down, yo, I, I got the slang to make the chitty bang, bang, the redang, the dang, the nappy head brain. No, I, I got the slang to make your chitty bang, bang, your redang, the dang, the nappy head brain. Yo, Mona Lisa, could I get a date on Friday? And if you're busy, I wouldn't mind taking Saturday. Round up the posse, but you're coming around the way.
bust him. He probably tried to fuck him. I told him not to trust him. Lyrically, I dust him. Off like flesh. Hit hard like sledgehammer. Bitch with that platinum grammar. I am a diamond cluster hustler. Queen bitch, supreme bitch. Kill a nigga for my nigga. By any means, bitch. Murder scene, bitch. Clean bitch. Disease free, bitch. Check it. I write a rhyme melt in your mouth like M&M's. Roll with the mafia. Remember them? Tell them when I used to mess with gentlemen. Straight up apostles. Now strictly niggas the jockey. Kill a nigga for the figure. How you figure? Your cheddar would be better. Beretta inside the Beretta. Nobody do it better. Bet I wet ya like hurricanes and typhoons. Got buffoons eating my pussy while I watch cartoons. Sleep to noon. Rap pin bears here. Baby fingers beware. Mostly dope she wear. Frank kill niggas lies for 1.5. Why you struggle and strive? We pick which bins to drive. The mafia, you wanna be him? Most of y'all niggas can't eat without per diem. I'm rich, I'ma stay that bitch. be hugging, roll with niggas that be thugging, bugging, in the tunnel and SO, sipping espresso, cappuccino with Nino, on a mission for the Luchi Crino, I used to wear Moschino, but every bitch got it, now I rock colorful mix, because my pockets stay not C-note after C-note, Frank Boat Hole, 15 plus the caterer, you think you're greater, uh, you niggas got some audacity, you sold a million, now you have for me, get off my dick, kick it bitch, check my pitch, uh. or cynic persona, and I still stick your moms for her stocks and bonds, I got that bomb ass cock, a good ass shot, with hardcore flows to keep a nigga dick rock, sipping Zippendales, up in Chippendales, shopping Bloomingdales for Prada bags, female Dundada hat. No problem, spitting cream with my team. Shit straight like 915, you know what I mean? Cruise the diamond district with my biscuit. Floss in my Rolex wrist shit. I'm rich, I'ma stay that bitch. Team caught 
bodies and grass men. Hit a store owner named Mike Lavonka. Italiano, slanted eye, banging a fat Milano. Selling coke right out the bottle sometime. A nigga bought nines, successful minds. Crazy beast buying keys in Greece. Was a rich nigga. Picture the nigga without dope figures. Condo with his chick, rocking a gold vigor. Mafia flicks, tying up tricks was his main hobby. Teaching his seed, Wu-Tang karate. Mixing drinks in clubs, heavy chests with mini minks. Nighttime rolling with spinks, extra live. He claimed he couldn't die. Top rank, 16 shots in his fist. In his pet piranha, he named the marijuana. Smoking ganja, calling his weed by Sandra. Claiming New York was ancient Babylon. Where the sky stayed the color of gray. Like heroin, I can't front though. Chuck loads of endo, sooner blow slow. His ass is out now, Italian. Why's my niggas so 